Welcome to Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. On this podcast, we journey through the devastating experience of the death of a child. Grief is seldom discussed openly in our culture, and the death of a child makes people feel even more uncomfortable. We approach the topic openly and honestly, speaking to people who have lost loved ones and experts who help care for them. Whether you are a parent experiencing loss or someone who wants to support another going through this tragedy, this podcast strives to offer hope and help. of Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. I'm Marcy Larson, Andy's Mom. Today's episode comes from the live stream that we just did two days ago. On that live stream, Gwen reads a poem about thankfulness, and we discuss how difficult and challenging it is to be thankful during this time of deep grieving. So I'm not going to give any more of an introduction than that because we go a little long anyway, but please enjoy listening to Gwen and I talk about thankfulness. Thank you so much for coming on today for us to talk about thankfulness and being thankful in this Thanksgiving week here in the United States. I know in other countries, it's not Thanksgiving weekend. Mm -hmm. I know Canada had their Thanksgiving over a month ago now. Mm -hmm. Um, But still, for us, we want to talk about being thankful and just how difficult that is really when you're grieving. It's not easy to be thankful when you are in the depths of grief. Mm -hmm. For sure. Well, yeah. and it almost I, I was feels the, like, I know, I was just going to say, I feel like um, you always hear the phrase of being a thankful giver, be a thankful giver, be a thankful giver. Mm-hmm. And I thought, hmm, now I'm trying to be a thankful griever. So what does that yeah. look like? To be <laughs> right, a thankful right. Griever? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it it is the, the thing that you live in two realities. I mean, so what we're not saying to people is forget the reality of your pain and what you're living through and just move to the thankful side. That's not what we're saying. We're saying you oscillate between. So you can be grieving and still have thankfulness for some of the other things in your life. So living in those two realities, and we're going to talk about the benefits of thankfulness. And so Mm -hmm. we don't ignore it either, but we're not saying, oh, just pull your chin up and be thankful and it'll all be better. That's not what we're saying. Right. Or try to just, yeah, grin and get through this holiday mm-hmm. and keep smiling. Yeah. And mm-hmm. or that Well, I can you tell are... you one thing I'm thankful for today is I am thankful that here I am in late November outside because I'm at oh, my cousin so Teresa's jealous. house in, in Las Vegas. So I am outside, outside on my own deck or patio. It, it, has we have about two feet of snow, so I am mm-hmm. glad that I am not back in Grand Rapids trying to do this right. outside. Yeah. Uh, but it is beautiful and lovely here, and so that is something that I'm thankful for today, right. for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can soak in the sunshine and just know yes. that there's there's good, but it's not like you have forgotten that you're facing another holiday this week without Andy. No. Mm-mm. No. 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 Yep. So I did tell everyone in the last three weeks, as I've been talking about this episode coming on, that you would start out by reading a poem. And the poem is for that I am thankful. And I want you to go ahead and just start reading that now and maybe give a little bit of background about that poem. Yeah, so it's written by Darcy Sims. And Darcy Sims was a woman whose child had died. And I know she's, I, I know the title of at least one of her books. And it was called Why Are the Casseroles Always Tuna? (laughs) <laughs> so at that time, that was really popular. Now I think it's shifted to different kinds of pasta and lasagna or something. But um, she was a humorist. And so she was featured in Bereavement Magazine. And in Bereavement Magazine, um, which is, I don't believe, published anymore. I should check on that. I will do that. Um, and they had a section on children. They had uh, other experts write all sorts of things. 
Well, she was the humorist column. And it's interesting because she was also the national spokesperson for Compassionate Friends, um, which is, you know, as you know, a national wide group for parents who have had a child die. Or, or grandparents. You would consider it all humorous. No. No. <laughs> and I have watched a keynote that she did, and she can keep you in stitches and even talking about grief. Um, sadly enough, she died suddenly um, in 2014. I think it was February of that year. Um, just really was ill one day and died the next day. And so it was very devastating for the bereavement world to have just such a spark and someone who just offered so much. Um, Mm -hmm. The last time I went to her website, I, I don't know that there's new stuff on it. Um, Someone had told me that maybe her daughter and husband were going to keep it up. I'll research that and, and let you know. But with all that being said, she's someone who knows grief, um, but she wrote this poem and I kept it. Um, and you and I talked, I was going to read the whole thing, but there's so much juice in this. We're just going to read a part of it and then we'll come, you know, we'll kind of do it maybe. Yeah. Well, we're going to chunk it up a little bit because yeah. it seemed like too much to do all at once. Right. Mm-hmm. So she says, for that, I'm thankful. It doesn't seem to get any better, but it doesn't get any worse either. For that, I'm thankful. There are no more pictures to be taken but there are memories to be cherished. And for that, I am thankful. There is a missing chair at the table, but the circle of family gathers close. And for that, I am thankful. The turkey is smaller, but there's still stuffing. And for that, I'm thankful. The days are shorter, but the nights are softer. And for that, I am thankful. One more line. She says, the pain is still here, but it lasts only moments. And for that, I am thankful. Now, Mm -hmm. I don't know how long after her son Austin died, and I believe he was an infant, uh, if i remembering back to when I met her 35 years ago. Um, I don't know how long after Austin's death that she wrote this, but I would Mm -hmm. imagine that had been some A while. Yeah, Yeah, I, I think so too, especially that last line that you read about the things lasting just moments just moments yes yeah. it says the pain is still here but it lasts only moments and there's probably a lot that of makes the me think it's been a while mm-hmm. yeah because right? we're not at the moment stage yeah no i mean i i'm at four years and i'm not at moments i mean no it, it no usually it's not i'm not down a whole day anymore or days on end anymore right mm-hmm. but it's not it's not a moment either. Right. Well, let's go back up when she says, um, it doesn't seem to get any better. It's nice to hear someone say that, you know, that yeah, it's not better, but it doesn't get any worse either. Right. And I think she's talking about uh, in general here, because there are certainly moments that are better and there are moments that are worse. Mm-hmm. And I do have to say too, this also goes to being quite far out because I mean, honestly, I feel like in many ways, the second year is worse than the first year. Certainly, I think things are worse after the numbness kind of wears off, which can right, take right. several months or longer. So I I do have to say, and at some point earlier on, I would say it does get worse, mm-hmm. unfortunately. But well, once you are out a ways, I think that's right. I think mm-hmm. it. it Maybe it doesn't get better because the emptiness is always there, um, but it's certainly not. It doesn't get worse mm-hmm. either. And they say that if you could graft grief, like chart it out, when you mm-hmm. go down, you don't go down as low as you were before. And when you come up out of a maybe a grief spell or a wave of grief or, you know, I, I kind of use the... Um, the well of sorrow, like you, you're sinking Mm -hmm. in that when you come up, they say you're up a little bit higher so that you are making progress. And that's kind Mm -hmm. of what I look at in my grief guide is the fact that Mm -hmm. it's not, it's like climbing a mountain, but it's not as if we climb it straight up, it's a sway back. So you are making progress, but you're going sideways, (laughs) you know, so you can't really see that until you look back and go away. I'm not in the same spot. So I think that's Mm -hmm. probably what this was referring to is the fact that, um, 
you know, we are making progress. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and I do think that's right. And when you go through some of your really hard times and, and I feel like sometimes I'm, I get to the point where, okay, I'm giving this up. I'm giving this over to God, right? I'm giving mm -hmm. this kind of feeling over and then I end up taking it back, but I don't think I take it all back, right? Yeah, right. I give it up and then I take maybe 90% of it back, yeah. but I've left 10% that's not going to mm -hmm. come back ever. And mm -hmm. so every time I feel like I can do that, I can give some of this mm -hmm. up. I think when I do have the times when I grab it back, those emotions that I really wish I could give up forever, I probably don't grab it all back. Yeah. I love that. I also think when you said about the second year being harder, and we have talked about this before you and I on here, but for new listeners, it's really the fact that that numbness, like you mentioned, that yeah. when that wears off, we're feeling things. It's not that it's gotten so much worse because it's been worse from the beginning. Yeah. It's just mm -hmm. that we feel it. And that's when we're beginning to do that work that grief requires. Yeah, I, that's hard. And the other thing I think too, is that the other people around you don't treat you the same, right? The first six months or a year, they protect you. I mean, your friends and family protect you. They are thinking about it all the time, but so often I think after that first anniversary goes, it's like, Oh, good. We got yeah. through, we got her through that year. We got mm -hmm. her through the year. Now, things will be a little bit better. Now we can go back to a little bit more normal. Like we gave you the mm -hmm. first Christmas or Thanksgiving or whatever. Mm -hmm. I, you know, you didn't have to put up the tree. You didn't have to do all that stuff, but this time you certainly yeah. will. And so the expectations are higher. Absolutely. And I think we also put higher expectations on ourselves. Like we, we think we should be able to do more. So then when you can't, so I almost wonder if it's part of it's that you feel worse only because your expectations are a little bit higher mm -hmm. too. And the people around you aren't protecting you. Like Absolutely. And you're sitting there thinking, okay, I how do I tell them that I'm feeling this way? And yeah, there's just, we've talked about that so much. So I think just for people to be aware that, um, a few people are agreeing with you here in yeah, the comments. I know. Yeah, yeah um, that's a good point. Others go on, but we still have that pain. Mm -hmm. And she did use the words in here: the pain is softer, or she yeah. says the nights are softer. Um, it. Yeah, that one was a little hard for there. me. Yeah, to kind of know exactly what she meant by that one. Yeah. But I like the line where she said the turkey is smaller, but there's still stuffing. And it's, like, yes. you know, <laughs> I like that, too. I like yeah. that a lot. Because are there any like there are things that we enjoy about holidays and can we still enjoy green bean casserole? with our family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you yeah. know your family's gathered and that's nice. I, that empty chair, like she mentioned, is there. But yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. For sure. All right. You want to go on and keep doing sure. some reading? It says the calendar still turns. The holidays still appear and they still cost too much. But I am still here and for that I am thankful. The room is still empty and the soul still aches, but the heart remembers. And for that I am thankful. The guests still come and the dishes pile up, but the dishwasher works. And for that I am thankful. I, I think I'll stop there because there's some, um, I think I love here, the line about the heart. I love yeah, that one. I think it's, that one again, read that again. Um, the, the room is still empty. The soul still aches, but the heart remembers. Yeah. And sometimes the heart remembering is hard. It's not always easy when those memories come. Right. And it can be painful, but I still wouldn't give it up for the world. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think this one, this, this second segment had a little bit more real. I mean, it was easier to understand what she was saying mm -hmm. um, or to relate mm -hmm. to probably, but um, you know, when she says the calendar still turns and the holidays still appear and they still cost too much, but I am still here for that. Yeah. I am thankful. What she's saying is I'm just being thankful and living. 
you know, right. okay, the holidays are here and I got to do this stuff, but I'm thankful that I'm living. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that uh, others are there living with you too. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because up ahead when she said the missing chair at the table, but the circle of family gathers close that we still have others. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, I, I want to tell you a story. Can I do that? Okay. About yeah, a woman yeah. that I met and I did ask her years ago, can I share your story? Um, her name's Bernie. And Bernie's first husband, she had two kids with him and it was a, a tough marriage, but she didn't know how, what he was planning, but he said he was going to paint the house that summer. And when he got to the end of painting the house, he was at the high peak and the ladder was there and he called her and the two kids out and he hollered down to them that I am painting this house and I finished it and I'm leaving. I don't want to be married. I don't want to be with you. And he's telling them this from the ladder. Okay. It gets worse. In <laughs> his um, expression, the ladder gives way from the house and he falls and dies in front of her and her two children. As he's oh, telling wow. them. Yes. So then... I met her. I did not meet her after that. That was, um, I did not meet her after that first death. Um, but a just horrible, horrible traumatic death. She met another man years later and he was the love of her life. And she was so happy to meet him. And they were married. And nine days after they got married, he died suddenly. Oh, oh my. And then she um, had a son who had con um, contracted hepatitis. You would know more about this. Um, and he needed a transplant. And so his life was really hanging on the, she had a, a son and a daughter and his life was really hanging on the line and he got a transplant. Um, she gave me the call on good Friday that he had gotten, you know, a new liver. Would it be? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Liver. New liver. Rejoicing, rejoicing. So that was um, in the spring of the year. A year from that spring, it was a March day when we had some snow and then the way the temperatures were, it was really foggy. And her two grandsons were driving to school and someone crossed the center line and both of her grandsons were killed. Oh. So I'm telling you about her because... I went through, you know, the death of the second husband and hearing about the first one and then with her son's illness and then now two grandchildren dying. When I went to her home after the grandchildren, I walked in and the first thing she said to me is, Gwen, can we start with my blessings? Wow. And I'm like, what? who are you that you want to start with your blessings? And she said, if I don't, if I don't, yeah. I'll go. So, and so I think sometimes we have to look at, we have Turkey, we have a dishwasher uh -huh. that works, you know, some of these things I think she meant to be humorous, but this woman, Bernie said, I got to look at the blessings. And I thought I'd just mention her story because it came up when I was thinking about this, that I have met people that in spite of devastating losses, they can say, but I am blessed. And I just want to talk about what I do have. And she even yeah. said to me, I figured out my choices. She said, I know I have to do the work of grief, but she said, I have two choices the way I look at it. She said, I can sit here and drink till I'm numb. Mm -hmm. Or I can decide to look at what I still have. Yeah. Though that's what she saw as her two choices. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that thankfulness, um, sometimes just looking at what we have um, comforts us. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Sometimes it does. Yeah. Just, um, again, doesn't, you know always take that pain away, but we can still look at, um, the blessings. Yeah. Michelle just wrote in a really nice comment said, that's really profound. Gwen makes me think I need to do that. Think of the blessings, no matter how small they may uh -huh. seem. And yeah. I love, that's my favorite part of her comment is no matter how small they seem. Uh -huh. Um, 
because right now, I mean, what, what I told you I was thankful for, I was thankful for being in the sunshine and mm -hmm. being able to see the sunshine and escape from the cloudiness of Michigan for a little bit. And that's a little thing to be mm -hmm. thankful for sunshine today. Mm -hmm. But it is, you know, it's important for me to be able to say, okay, I had a, I have a sunshine mm -hmm. in my day today. That's worth being thankful for you. Thankful mm -hmm. for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I do think, and, and again, you know, someone else said, I totally agree, but it is hard. Oh, yeah. Um, but there totally. are studies about gratitude. And if we look at it, I mean, years ago, Oprah had a whole series. She started the year and some of you may have done it or remembered it. It was called the Attitude of Gratitude. And she just mm -hmm. encouraged people to write three things they were grateful for, no matter how small that they were. And I was telling you that I was looking up the benefits of gratefulness. Uh -huh. Before I read these, what I know and what I tell people in my grief guide is that there is this range in which we cope. I got to yeah. turn this hand this way. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, and there are things that shrink our coping ranges and grief and death and fear and, you know, yes. jealousy and discouragement, resentment and anger, all those things shrink our range. So we don't have much movement and what kinds of things broaden that range. So we don't fall into depression or anxiety or hysterics of, I can't do this. Um, and one of the major things that we know broadens our coping ranges besides proper health, good rest, you know, um, the supportive people, um, is that being grateful can broaden our coping ranges. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're right about that narrowing. Mm -hmm. We were talking about that recently in, in grief support group, a couple of the women in there are yeah. do nursing and they're nurses and they're having a hard time doing their job as a nurse because their kind of depth I, th I feel like it's their depth of being able to be compassionate so much. You're just, you just don't have as much, right? You don't have, right. have as yeah. deep of a well to go to when you're dealing with someone that's going through mm -hmm. some stress, you know, with a patient or, you know, even if they're going through happy things, it's, it's just harder when you just can't dig very deep anymore. Right. Right. Very and, and I've been so. feeling that. And you know, I've been feeling that it's, it's been a struggle sometimes at the office with me helping all these teens that I see now with, with anxiety and depression, which is a lot, um, that it's just, it can be difficult mm -hmm. when I feel like I just don't have a ton. I mean, I yeah. feel for them. I, I think my compassion level is, is probably even more broad, but the depth of what I can give mm -hmm. just isn't the same. Well, it changes us because I, I was at it. I spoke at an event this weekend and before I spoke, there was a panel and they asked the panel, what have you learned or how have you been changed? And um, all of these people had experienced a death through suicide. And many of them said, I just can't deal with people, how they get stressed about stuff that doesn't matter. So, you know, mm -hmm. we can be compassionate when something's really painful, but when someone's stressed about something that you're just like, oh, please, you just don't have a lot. You can't dig deep with that one because yeah. we've had the worst thing happen um, to I, us. I almost so. lost it to a, to a patient mom recently who was just going on and on about her daughter not trying hard enough in school. And she's like, you know, 15 and taking mm -hmm. four AP classes and getting A minuses and not A's. And I just, I, I mean, I, oh, I just wanted to blow up at her. Yeah, I really like, did. Really? I wanted yeah. to say, okay, so if something happens and she dies tomorrow, are you going to care that she had an A minus? Yeah. Really? Right. Is that yeah. really going to matter? The A minus? I'm surprised you didn't. I wouldn't be able to hold I, that. I, well, I finally, I found myself about ready to blow up. And I just kind of, I mean, I did kind of say things were just not, <laughs> I don't know what I said, but I ended up then 
asking the mom to leave the room so I could go, so I could do a physical exam on her daughter. Mm -hmm. You know, I turned to her, I said, would you like your mom to leave for your physical part? And she said, yeah. And I said, okay, mom, <laughs> yeah. I said, I'm going to blow up and this is not going to go well. Um, if, cause I, I had been taught now I did not do that briefly. I mean, I'd been already in the room for 20 minutes and we'd been going through different strategies on how they could get along and how there can be some compromise and letting her mm -hmm. spend time with friends is important and that the A minus is pretty great. And I, you know, I had done a lot of time, but it just, I wasn't, didn't feel like I was getting anywhere and I was about ready to lose my cool. I just mm -hmm. couldn't do it anymore. Like, mm -hmm. and obviously I don't think she has any clue that my 14 year old son died in a car right. accident or maybe she might not have said it like that or hard to know. Cause I, I know, know. People just, well, people people's, know their perspective. And that's what I was thinking when you were talking earlier. Now, like with this mom is we all have the lenses in which we look through. And if I had blue glasses on and looked at a lemon, which is yellow, it would look green, but the, the yeah. lemon is yellow. But right. it's because I have my blue glasses on. Well, that mom's got her perfectionist. I have expectations. Life is going to go the way I want it to go. She's wearing those glasses. And we got right. rid of those. Ours were broken. Right. Life didn't go. I don't I'm have those anymore I don't have those. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, we've got some really good comments. We do. <laughs> I really feel like we need to kind of take a pause and go. I do too. Um, so... I, I like Dixie's comment. This is going back a ways now. I, I can look at my blessings, but it doesn't provide a balm for my heart. But she put in all caps, maybe one day it will. Right. And I think that's what, when you're feeling this way, that is what we need to look for is that maybe one day we yes. will. Right. And we is that, I don't it. feel that right now. And that is right. the beauty of being in community with other people who are grieving because mm -hmm. sometimes and like this, Sometimes then you can, you can hear these things and you can say, okay, I don't feel that yet, but I think maybe someday mm -hmm. I might. Well, you know that gives I, you hope for the yeah. future. You know what I thought of when I read that is that, you know, like exercise, we can't just exercise one day and expect to see results. No. And honestly, a day or two later, you feel like garbage. Right. Right. And you, you feel worse really before hard. you feel you better. Feel bad. Right. But doing it regularly, you feel better. Right. Mm -hmm. So practice it, whether you believe you like you feel it or not. And so I think what we're talking about is getting in the practice of of some level of gratitude just uh -huh. for the smallest things. And I know when my heart um, was broken recently, I um, had this thing and maybe we talked about it when we talked about faith. But I did this thing where I just breathed in and said, thank you. And when I breathed out, I said, I'll trust you. I mean, that's all I could do in those moments. Just like, okay, thank you. And I don't know what I'm thanking you for because I don't feel it. And then that that trust piece. But there's a few other comments that I think we should read. Yeah. Um, what Chrissy says. Yes, go ahead. You can read it. I've been writing a blog post to share this week, and it's all about the unlikely things I'm thankful for right now. One of them is that I don't sweat the small stuff anymore. My son is dead. The small stuff doesn't matter. But yeah. Yeah. And that is a beautiful thing to be thankful for. And honestly, it's probably something we all can be thankful for because mm -hmm. I don't really know of any bereaved parent who sweats the small stuff in a way, in that way that they used to probably, well, maybe they didn't used to, but they just, you just can't anymore after yeah. you've experienced it. Those little things just like, it just yeah. doesn't matter. Yep. Our capacity for worry or for things of, insignificant changes greatly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sandy said, I would have said something. She was talking about you with the, the, the mother of your patient. I often yeah, I'm sure. say sure. that to people when they complain that things are small. Well, or, and every uh, once in a while I do too. I mean, I, I'll burst something out and then I will sort of regret doing it, but, um, well, I but think yeah. I, I, and I'm glad day. I held my tongue there. I really am. I, I think I did what I could do. And when clearly I wasn't making progress, I just kind of excused her from the room. So I, I think that's all I could have done because anything else would have just been, yeah. I mean, that would have not been kind or helpful to either yep. of them. 
I I will tell you, I, I blew up at someone once. It was in a grocery store. So it was the Tuesday morning after Halloween. And that Monday night, I had a support group. And people, some people still did come to support group, even though it was Halloween. And just the pain that they were feeling about the holidays coming. And, and it was just a heavy night in group. So Tuesday, I stopped at a grocery store to get something to bring into work. And they said, happy holidays. So that would have been November 1st. And uh -huh. I... I said, happy holidays. Um, and I just made up a lost story. And I just kind of said, my so-and-so just died. And you want me to listen to happy holidays every time I shop here from November 1st until Christmas? And I just like lost it. And then mm -hmm. I told later, that's not true. But the people I work with, it's true for them. So I don't want them coming through your line if you are saying happy holidays on November 1st. <laughs> and um <laughs> but I'm sorry, but the manager this morning told us we had to, and the poor cashier was just doing what the manager said is to start wishing people happy mm -hmm. holidays. But mm -hmm. I, I have said some things to kind of shock people like in that yeah. she'll probably never forget it. She's probably somewhere telling the story about this woman who made up a fake story. Yeah. Um, but well, I, I've told this before too, is that right after Andy died, I got home and the phone rang and I picked up the phone. And it was Michigan Blood asking me to donate oh. blood and had said, how are you today? And I said, terrible or something. And she said, oh, why is that? And I said, my son is dead. And I hung up the phone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. Sometimes like, you just. Don't, don't ask, you know, yeah. just say, oh, I'm sorry or something. I guess this is a bad time. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that person will never forget that phone call either. But. Right, exactly. Um, um, so Jam also wrote, I used to stress about the small things, uh, like the weather ruining my vacation, and that I had to pay, cancel my plans. Now I think that I have to change my plans is not the worst thing that could happen. Mm -hmm. My child has died. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. so, so true. So much so. Yeah, and it is hard to hear people complain about what we now consider stupid stuff. Yeah. Right. Very yeah, much. That is so. hard. Well, and you've said this before, and I've heard it from countless um, bereaved people is be thankful. They don't know. Like, yeah. this, you know, uh, we were oblivious at one point too. Um, and maybe didn't understand it. And they don't even know that they should be thankful that they don't live in our world. Right. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Do you have more okay. of that poem? Yep. We'll finish it up and then we'll be able to do some readings that people have sent us as well. Um, it says the name is still missing. The words still unspoken, but the silence is shared for that. I am thankful. The snow still falls and the sled still waltz and the spirit still wants to for that. I am thankful. The stillness remains, but the sadness is smaller. And for that, I am thankful. The moment is gone, but the love is forever. For that I am blessed. For that I am grateful. Love once, love was once and still is a part of my being. And for that I am living. I am living. And for that I am thankful. Those last lines are the most powerful of the whole thing, aren't they? That love was once and still is a part of my being and that that yes. lasts forever. Yeah. Yes. hundred percent. That is something to remember. That is something to think about. Yeah. That and, love is forever. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why we still talk about them and we want to say their name and we want to have them be part of every day because the every love day. is still there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I feel bad for people who don't have a space or family that understands the need to talk about that. Yeah. Because it almost feels like you have to put the love aside too because. They can't handle the right because yeah. they can't handle talking about mm -hmm. the painfulness of the grief and the loss. Mm -hmm. But if you don't talk about them, then I've given up the love too. I've given up right. everything. I can't give well, up the 14 years I had him just yeah. because it makes you uncomfortable to talk about what life's like now without him. Yeah. Well, it reminds me of, um, a poem that I, I read at the holidays sometimes, it's called The Elephant in the Room, but it says, if we can't talk about their death, then we can't talk about their life. Yeah. Like, I want to be able to talk about them. 
Oh, mm-hmm. someone said that's my siblings. Yeah. That's hard that you have to pretend in front of, I think is what they're referring to there. Oh, um, wow. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I know her, that the person that wrote in and that's, yeah, her siblings just don't want to talk about it. And yeah. then you just, yeah, you're stuck. You're getting, okay. you're in this thing like, well, do I really want to go and spend time with them then? Probably not. Probably you not. know, I mean, you know, it's kind of that whole concept when um, Dan Seaborn is his name. He's the founder of Winning at Home, and it's a, a counseling center here in West Michigan. And he's been a pastor and family counselor. And he says that there's two types of responses a woman has when she heard, hears her husband's coming in the driveway. She either says, oh, crap, he's home. Or she says, oh, yay, he's home. And her, her, her responses are by whether he has made deposits in her life or withdrawals. And if he's someone who makes withdrawals all the time, she says, oh crap, he's home. And I think that's kind of how it is with family and hearing Dixie say that, like, that's the, oh crap, I have to be around them because they don't add anything to her support wheel. Sounds like. So, yeah. And I, I've just, I, I mean, I'm out here in Nevada seeing my family and I am seeing, and and the reason I planned this trip, honestly, is because of you, Gwen, because of something that you said (laughs) this summer, you Mm -hmm. said something about being around people who fill you up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And my aunt and my cousin fill me Mm -hmm. up. Yeah. And so I thought to myself, I have to go. Mm -hmm. I have to go. But I don't always feel that way with my dad and my stepmom mm-hmm. because they're very uncomfortable ever talking about Andy. Mm-hmm. And so I can't talk about him. And then that just hurts because I can't talk about him. And it's, it's, it's a problem. And it has been that I have not seen the people that fill me up because I have dread because I also then have to see the people who mm. don't. Mm. You see, and and then it got to the point where, like, well, I can't hold myself from seeing those people that fill me up just because I also have to spend some time, and not as much time, honestly. I can just mm-hmm. do a brief visit um, with people that don't. So right. I, I, you need to balance that out a little bit. But Definitely. that being said, Karen wrote in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you give advice, Gwen, on what to do when people don't talk about it? It feels so vulnerable to ask. So before I visit my dad in the next couple of days, let's give me some yes, advice. Yes. When, you know, it, on how others can do that, how Dixie uh-huh. can do that with her siblings, how I can do yeah. that. And I'm not you know? sure if it, she's referring to vulnerable to even ask us or vulnerable to ask them. But I do think. I think it's vulnerable to ask them. Yeah. I think. I do think that it requires some education on our part to the yeah. other people to say, you may not be aware, but I feel, you know, that I can't, um, to ask them, okay, that she's clarifying that. Um, so it does feel vulnerable to ask, but rather than asking, we just communicate and say, when I'm with you and you are uncomfortable, if I mention my, I don't know if it's her son or daughter, but okay. Mentioning my son, then that makes me it makes it difficult to be in that environment because I want to talk about him and I'm going to, and I will spend exactly what you just said, Marcy, I will spend less time with you. And I, I miss that about our relationship, but I know myself, I'm going to spend less time with you if I'm not free to show you who I really am and who I really am is someone who misses the snot of my child. And I love them and I want to talk about them. That's who I am. Yeah. So please. And, and I, I feel like, like I can't be, I can't be who I am. Yeah. Or I'm my own dad, yeah. which is. Right. And if it makes it's something I usually don't talk about on the podcast, not that he ever listens because he doesn't, right. but I just, I just. Yeah. It's hard. It. So it's hard. Here I am now on live stream saying that, but, um, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, it's, I don't want that. I don't want right. it. Yeah. Now, if if there isn't a compromise um, in 
you know, them saying, well, it makes me uncomfortable. And at my house, I don't want you talking about them. Then, yeah. then you do say, well, then I probably won't come to your house as often, or maybe I'll only stay for a short visit because that's not a comfortable space for me to live now. And, and yeah. I'm different. And, and I do think when it comes to family is we have to teach them sadly enough who ha mm -hmm. us grievers who have no energy, no strength to find what it takes to say, um, I'm different. I'm changed forever. And I know it's hard for you to adjust to be around me, but the, the new me does want to talk about them. I do not want to pretend when I'm around you that this that I, didn't happen. I know. Mm -mm. I know. And that's and, the thing. And then they like make I it have to pretend that he never existed. Oh yeah. No, like, we can't do that. Have to, I can't do that. No. I can't do that. And I will just say that most of those conversations are best had in person. I'm not a fan of family letters or, you know, letters because that, you know, creates some kind of odd. Um, yeah. But if you can't have it face to face, then you can text it or email it or just say, I'm going to preempt it by telling you in an email, but then I'd love to follow up with a call later just to have you have a chance. But mm -hmm. there are going to be people, and this is what I talk about, that that really cause another loss for us that they say, I'm sorry, but I just can't be around you. I mean, I've had people's families say that. Um, I, yeah, I have been contacted by some people and just some really sad stuff going on where family just says, I don't appreciate your reaction or how you're handling the death of your child or your person. And I can't be around you. Yeah. Well, then I, mean, lost... I had that one of my best friends in college after my mom died. Yeah. After my mom died, I was, you know, obviously very sad. She died over Christmas break. I stayed home a month because we had a January term. We had a J term. Mm. Yeah. So then the second semester started the beginning of February. And this, one of my, at the time, I would probably have considered her my best friend or one of my best friends for sure, if not my best friend, gave, sent, gave me a letter that said, I just can't be around you anymore. You're oh. just so sad, whatever, whatever. Oh, have you talked to her? I mean, like that's that. Oh, and we, I mean, we sort of, we sort of got our friendship. I mean, it got me to the point where, so I was on some medication for migraine prevention and it was a, it was a small dose of an antidepressant. I actually got that letter and I poured the entire bottle of pills in my hand considering taking them. Yeah. Um, Cause that hurts. And so then bad. a friend of mine, my roommate, I think saw me or something. Um, and then we called the suicide hotline and I talked to somebody on the hotline, but I ripped the note up into about 20 pieces, poured all the pills in my hand and then didn't do it. Um, didn't take them because, and the reason I remember the reason I didn't take them, it's because I thought I can't do that to my dad and my brother. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Because my mom had just died, not even oh. four months before, three months before. Like I can't do that to them. So I put them back and then we called the hotline and wow. Whatever. But um thank you for sharing that. That had but that just shows how deep that pain is when someone oh. comes in and tells us that they don't like how we are now. And we're yeah. Deep I don't like who I am now either. I don't either. I, right. Hello. And we obviously our friendship was never the same. Mm -hmm. We sort of had a friendship a little bit again. Mm -hmm. And then we both ended up after college. I I went to medical school. And I mean, another of the problems is that she had also applied to medical school and we had had our, you know, dream to kind of, we were going to do that. And we mm -hmm. took all our classes together and whatever. And then she didn't get in. Wow. Um, so and, here's and so another she went thing. back to just get a job to try to work to go into PA school, and we ended up being roommates. So it's not like it destroyed our friendship, but um, but when but people, it never was the same. And yeah. after that, we never. I mean, I don't talk to her now at all. Yeah, yeah. Well, Michelle said I'd like to share something I'm thankful for. My son Corbin was my only child, and he left this earth at 19 two years ago. He has a half-sister who is two years younger than him. 
Me and her did not spend that much time together before at all, but since Corbin died, she and I have developed this really wonderful relationship. She has come to spend the night with me early on and reached out to me often. She has come with me to my small family gatherings on holidays, and she will be this, oops, what am I missing on the bottom of it? This, thanks. Oh, That's all I have. I think, did uh, it stop on your part? No, she's had this wonderful friendship. How she has come I to spend the night with me early on and reached out so often. She come, oh yes, yeah. She so I think she meant this Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's something to be thankful for. Um, mm -hmm. too is just you know the the relationships that we do get, and I have had countless of people say to me. I am closer to the people in my support group. They are more like family to me than my family because that's where I can be very real. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I, and this, I want to put up Sandy's comment here too. I'm sure that some feel the same way about me, but they've not gone through what I have. I shut so many out. I lost my dad four months after my son and he was my rock. Mm -hmm. And I have really, I'm sure felt so lost ever since. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. When you lose oh. your support system, yeah, that just makes it even worse, right? Yep. Very much so. Yeah. And so again, people, part of their um, pushing back against us and not wanting to go, there's many reasons why people don't want us to talk about it. One is because it pushes pains in their own life that they can't handle and maybe they're not grieving well, but it makes them so uncomfortable that they don't know how to fix or do. And that's why I spend a lot of my time, you know this, training and educating people on how to be there for bereaved people. Because what we end up doing is wounding them again when we just walk away because we don't, we think- It does hurt. It hurts them. a yeah. lot. Yeah. It hurts a lot. Mm -hmm. that it's weird. I, I was at a seminar that had nothing to do with grief and the guy was saying that fear is behind almost all inappropriate behaviors. And he said, think about it. When you speed, you're speeding because you're afraid you're going to be late for something, right? I mean, most of us don't just speed because we, you know, love to speed. I, yeah. I usually speed when I'm afraid I'm going to be late. And so when you can look at someone else's inappropriate response to you, you can look at it, go, oh, there's fear back there. <laughs> They're just yeah. afraid. They don't know what to do. But um, I think before I think we, we need to read through some yes, of these emails before we run out of time. So I agree. Um, yeah, because we're getting towards the end. So I'm going to read this one that Jam sent. Mm -hmm. I thought I'd email you to tell you what I'm thankful for. Despite losing Taylor, I'm thankful for that my family has been able to join a church that we really do love. Mm -hmm. Prior to losing Taylor, my family didn't have a church home. The minister that performed the funeral service for my mom and daughter was a good friend of my sister who I had never met until the day of Taylor's service. Following her passing, we started visiting this church and felt right at home. I know that God didn't take Taylor for this to happen, which I think is a key sentence there, mm -hmm. but it definitely has been a blessing. My husband and I are so excited to go to church for worship. It keeps us uplifted. I just love that one. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep, beautiful. And I love too that she said God didn't take Taylor, so we would join this church. Right. Right. Because um there may be people that would say that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it drives yes. me crazy that there'll be people that will say that. But I'm sure there are people even in that church that are like, oh, that's really sad that that Taylor died. But you know what? It may, you yeah. know. Mm -hmm. But somehow but, it like saved them because now they're going to this church regularly. Well, it's it doesn't work like that. It's not like God said, oh, you need to have a church home. So let's have your daughter die. No, 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 not and at all. When we come to those on our own, our yeah. own sense of it, when we, when she can say, I'm thankful that we found this, yeah. Yeah. it's their journey. It's their thankfulness. But for someone else to say, wow. You know, it that's not helpful. No, for, for no, the other, I love it. I love it. That was I. I just she a said it very beautifully. Yep. Yeah, she said that beautifully. Would you like me to read this next one? Yeah, you can read the one from Tirsa. Do you want to read that yeah, one? Yeah, Tirsa. Yeah, she says. I can't read that one because that'll make me cry. So, Gwen okay. Has to read this. 
As Thanksgiving approaches, I'm reminded of all that I am thankful for. I try to live a life of thankfulness daily, but the holidays require me to dig a little deeper. The sadness and emptiness want to fill the gaps, but I try hard just to let all that I am thankful for seal the gaping holes in my heart. Meeting you in your podcast is what I'm most thankful for this year. I was keeping my head above water, but the day I found your podcast, I felt like I could finally float for a few minutes and rest. I felt understood, loved, heard, and even in the silence as I drove down the interstate. It was the first time I felt like I could actually live this life without Savannah here physically. I have been living, but was I really... I think I was simply existing and going through the motions of what I knew life to be. Listening to you and all the other moms talk about their broken hearts and how they were learning to navigate this new norm gave me hope. Having the opportunity to share Savannah on your podcast was definitely a big moment of thankfulness for me. There is so much more I could have said and probably wished I had, but I do believe if one person could feel hopeful, then my goal was achieved. Thank you again for giving me this platform to share my sweet girl. Yesterday, my mom went into the hospice stage. As I navigate another death, I'm reminded to take one day at a time and to make the most of each day. Allowing God to hold and guide me on this journey seems like it should be easy, but it does take a deep breath each day. As you know, I am a single mom doing all of this, and for a while, I felt I kind of felt so lonely, but now I am learning how to allow our Heavenly Father to hold me and guide me. So many of your interviews on your podcast have demonstrated how others have allowed God to guide them and help others. My mom has always been a person who has forgiven people and prayed for others. I still have a thread of anger due to not really knowing what happened to Savannah, but giving it all to God has allowed me to focus on living through loving. I used to tell Savannah that we must always live by loving and little did I know how impactful those words were going to be in my life. I'm praying for you and your family as the holidays approach. I would love to send you something um, oh, yeah. for Andy, but I'm not sure if you are comfortable with your mailing address, but if so, that would be great. Um, thank you for all you're doing. I don't know how this works, but I know Andy is so proud of all the work you are doing um, for all our broken hearts. And I like to think Savannah and here walking and talking about how beautiful the giraffes are in heaven. I look so forward yeah. to the day where we're all talking and hugging together. I'm thinking of you and praying for I'm praying day. I hope you and your family find peace, comfort, and some joy this holiday season. That was beautiful. That was just so beautiful. I know. It just made yeah. me cry. Yeah. But again, I do love you that. I, you know, and that's, yeah, she's further along than me. You know, she's further along than me. Savannah mm -hmm. died before Andy did. And I oftentimes think about as I'm doing this, I'm helping the people that are coming behind me. But it is sort of cool to know it doesn't matter in some ways, right? It doesn't matter mm -hmm. where you are in your grief journey. You can help someone that... Oh is 10 years out or 10 days out mm -hmm. and I'm somewhere mm -hmm. in the middle. It doesn't, we can all help each other. It doesn't have oh. to be just a one direction thing. We help each other. Mm -hmm. And anyway, it was, I, well, I thank you so much, Tirsa, for writing that. It yes. brought a but lot. It wasn't very emotional to me. Yeah. And so meaningful. And Marcy, I remember those days where you were searching and you couldn't find any other moms to talk to. So you created this, you know, yeah. and, and hearing her say like driving that day and how much hope she felt, um, what a gift. And, and I, I know so many other people are saying, you know, I couldn't agree more. I'm so thankful. So thankful for you each week. Um, you know, sharing another mom's story and allowing people to be helped by it. It's just a beautiful thing. And I, I have to tell you, it has made my job when I meet bereaved parents, I'm not going to say my job is easy, but when I can say, hey, here's some other moms that have walked that road, listen to this, you know, do it's yeah, so yeah. wonderful. It is and really I'm thankful nice for it. I'm thankful for every person who has shared their story. And I'm one that when I, I meet moms, 
I say, maybe someday you can share your story too. And there might be a listener that might just be ready. Yeah. And if you are, I, I have lots of openings. I don't have very many scheduled now. So if you're, yeah. if you've all thought about wanting to share your story, just let me know, send mm -hmm. me an email. I would love yeah. to do that. I would love to share that story. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. I've got to share one more thing that Chrissy wrote and yep. she also wrote in, um, here too. Mm -hmm on the live stream here, but she wrote for this, I am thankful. The ordinary, everyday, familiar, usual tasks and responsibilities. When I sit down to really think about what helps me get through a day, it's this. From pouring my first cup of coffee in the morning to writing in my journal at night, it's the everyday, ordinary, monotonous things that keep my feet moving from one thing to the next. And then she wrote your, mm. your podcast and the friendships I gained because of it. So mm. those were beautiful yeah. things too that Chrissy wrote. Yes. Mm -hmm. Very good with her words. And, and I can tell that's how she processes because earlier oh. she had said, you know, Oh, it, she has a beautiful blog. You know, she has a beautiful, I'll beautiful have to look blog up. for her son, yeah. Caleb. It's, it's just gorgeous. So mm -hmm. a journey for Caleb. Yeah. So if you want to look. Okay. On a I'm going to do that. that yeah, she does some really beautiful writing. Mm -hmm. So other things that you wanted to say, I think there was uh, something that you oh, read today that you wanted to yes. share. So oh, thank you for reminding that. me. I had forgotten. I know, we're almost out of so, time. Um, You've got to do that. Some people may know Carol Kent, but her story is her only son or her only child um, did not die, but he's incarcerated for a life sentence because he killed a man um, he thought he was defending, but I mean, he um, was guilty of taking that man's life. Um, yes. And she had, he has a prison ministry, but just today she sent this devotion and I thought, oh, this is perfect timing. Um, she writes, we're writing from you from behind the razor wire to say thank you for your prayer, support, and encouragement. Max Lakeda wrote, gratitude gets us through the hard stuff. To reflect on your blessings is to rehearse God's accomplishments and to discover his heart. Gratitude always leaves us looking at God and away from the dread. So practice gratitude. And then she just gave a few tips of how to do that, listing your blessings. And they list a blessing that many people wouldn't know Jesus had their son not been in jail sharing Jesus from behind the, the prison walls. Mm -hmm. Um, the next one was remember God's faithfulness. This next one I love because I talk about this all the time, giving to others. When yeah. we try to serve others, our needs are simultaneously met. It's this cycle of when I pour into you, then I get poured into it. Yeah. It's just amazing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then um, thank people who love and support you. And I love that because... Um, Many times we forget, and I encourage people to um, just begin this thankfulness thing. If this is new to you, just begin by thanking someone who got it right or who is there for you. And they might not even know um, that they are so much a part of your um, thankfulness circle. Like you, you trust them and you're thankful for them. But the last thing she says is just right now. What are you thankful for? And I think that's the other piece is, you know, we can look right now on all the things we don't have, but just for this moment, you know, just to find something that we're thankful for. And it could mm -hmm. be that my house is warm or that, you know, I, I at least have a blanket that's a soft that when I cry myself to sleep, I have a soft blanket to do it with. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know we have our Starlight Support Group. Oh, which yeah. I've talked about all the time, you know, a virtual mm -hmm. support group. So if you are all interested in doing that, um, just please look into starlightmen.org. And I've never, I have not mentioned this before because I talk about join the support group. Think about joining the support group. I apparently have not talked about the fact that it's free because it is oh. free. <laughs> yeah. It is totally free because I've had some people recently write like, oh, how much does that cost? Or they wrote mm -hmm. into Starlight and say, how much does this cost? It doesn't say how much it costs. It doesn't say how much it costs because it's free. So right. I, I I do want to bring that up. It's it's a beautiful service and beautiful ministry. But in this last week, we got a handout on being thankful for 
while grieving, which I think, Gwen, you probably originally wrote. Um, but I do want to give Starlight credit for it. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to go through some of those first points, just thinking about, I'm not going to go through everything, but um, just a few of them. So be thankful for people. Be thankful for another day. Be thankful for beautiful things in nature. This is one that we talked about quite a bit in support group about how all of us really appreciate nature more um, and appreciate the beauty of nature. Be thankful for the time you had. Be thankful when you're happy. That's a hard one. I, I feel like that's one that sometimes when you're grieving, you end up feeling guilty when you're happy. But I liked reading that. And trying to remind myself that I need to be thankful for times that I'm happy, that it's nothing to feel guilty mm -hmm. about, mm -hmm. but something to be thankful for those happy moments. Um, be thankful for you, just being thankful for myself, and then being thankful for God's promises. So mm -hmm. th those are just, obviously, the handout was much longer than mm -hmm. that, much more elaborate. But I wanted to go over those things as trying to pick out maybe one or two of those mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. grasping onto them as we go through this period of being thankfulness and yeah, think about it. Mm -hmm. Well, and I've said this before, but when it said be thankful for you, I would love, I've said this, I want to have a float or a parade for bereaved people. And I want the rest of the world to stand on the sidelines, stand up and salute you and clap their hands at you. Because, you know, we do that for veterans, which I'm so thankful that they've given for our freedoms and the lives that, you know, it costs for us to be free. Mm -hmm. It takes strength and courage to do that. But each one of your listeners, it takes strength and courage to get up each day when you know more pain lies yeah. ahead, when you know yeah. you have another day without your child. Yeah. I salute yeah. you. You get up every day and you live and you love. And now we're asking you to be thankful on top of it. Um, I salute you. You're doing hard stuff. And so when it, it is, says it's be hard work for to you, do that every day. Mm -hmm. Clap your, mm -hmm. and pat yourself on the back this Thanksgiving and say, darn it. I'm thankful for me because I'm doing some hard ass work here. <laughs> like, really? This is not for well, the week. I think that's a good uh, thing to close on there, Gwen. Okay. Be thankful for you. Be thankful yes. for you. And, well, and, and that I, is hard to do, but absolutely, we are doing it. We are doing yeah. it. I always think back to my friend, Michelle, my dear friend, Michelle, who... I would say to her all the time when things were hard, I would say, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. And her response back to me every time was, Marcy, you are doing this. Doing it. Yep. We can do hard things. Yep. You are doing this. And that's what I had to tell myself when I felt like I can't do this anymore. I thought, you know what? I am doing this. Mm -hmm. I'm doing this. And I may Absolutely. be a weeping puddle. But it doesn't mean I'm not doing it. I am doing it. I'm living. I'm doing it. You're rocking it. And and I I, I just, I, I want to celebrate Bury people because people have no idea around the Thanksgiving table how hard it is of what they're doing. And they're stuffing yeah. down the mashed potatoes just trying to pretend like, yeah, I'm, no. So we have to realize that we are doing it. Yeah. And I just, you know, I think for me leaving it, besides the fact that you're doing this hard work and, and I'm so um, want you to be proud of that, is the fact that having love and having been loved and having all that is perhaps just the most reason to be thankful, right? Just I'm thankful for love because we wouldn't be in this spot if we didn't love. Well, thank you, Gwen. I'm okay. thankful for you. Well, thank you. I am thankful, thankful for you. that day when that funeral director no, no. circled your name and told me to call you because no. it was life changing for me. Yeah. So thank, well, thank you. you. Enjoy your family this week. Thanks for listening. If you found this helpful or would like to support the podcast, please leave a five-star rating and comment. To help financially, you can text Andy's Mom to the number 53555 or visit the donate page on andysmom.com. Your donations are secure and tax-deductible 
and we are now able to accept Venmo, PayPal, and Apple Pay. Always Andy's Mom is a registered 501c3 organization and can receive donations through smile.amazon.com, Thriving Financial, and Benevity, amongst others. Marcy loves hearing from listeners. Please feel free to reach out to her via email at marcy at andysmom.com. Also, be sure to sign up for the email list to receive weekly updates as well as pictures of all of Marcy's guests and their children. Together, let's work to inspire hope one day at a time.